Welcome to the Maestro Movie Podcast with friends, episode 6.5. We are... Hello! There's Alex again. <laughs> so, uh, last... I'm a little quick to the gun. <laughs> so, last time we talked about Brick, Coco, and uh, we reviewed A New Hope. Now it is time to go on to one of the most famous movies of all time. Empire Strikes Back. Yes. I never really realized how awesome this movie is until I watched this again. This movie... I, I, I did say this movie was in my top five. It is na- It is definitely in my top five now. I really, really like this movie. I, I it, For a lot of people, it's their favorite out of the Star Wars movies, and I, I agree. Every time I watch it, it, it kind of becomes my favorite, too. I, as much as I love movies and how they work, that and that first one is a good representation of that, this is built on characters I like, on a world I like, on a story I like, and then it it takes all of those elements, including how the movie looks and and what it does with its action, and it elevates all of them. Everything about the first one that I liked, they made it something I love in this one, and that is a perfect sequel. Perfect sequel. You know, when this movie first came out, I heard that it was like mixed reactions and i'm like how could you like apologize to me <laughs> it's amazing what time does reaction? like having a mixed reaction to this movie it's uh it's darker it's amazing how much it's, time uh, do- what time does yes it, it, it's a but i mean in that moment i can see watching star wars and then seeing empire and being like well it's certainly darker and one of my favorite characters, Han Solo, is frozen, and I don't know where he is or what's happening to him. And Luke's Luke's lost his hand, man. What happened? That 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 was that's a really sad ending. I wanted my happy ending. So I could see a lot of people being mad about that. So poetry is going to rhyme with episode eight. What are, what do you think the odds are with episode eight getting like a mixed reaction at first? I it, it depends on what they do. For example, Chris, how would you feel if Ray turned to the dark side a little bit? Oh, I'd be pissed. I'd be so pissed. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Like it doesn't matter no, no, no. whether that decision works narratively. It doesn't matter whether that decision works excitingly or on a dramatic level or on a character level. If it happens, it's going to alienate people. Okay, here's the thing. Something from a story. Okay, I'm gonna break this down. I was gonna say this for Force Awakens, but I gotta get this off my chest. Turning Ray to the dark side just makes zero sense you they're basically saying force awakens was a complete waste of time because you see because you see if you establish ray as the heroine and not heroine as in drugs i mean heroine as in lady good person okay and then you sidestep that and say, "Okay, she now she's on the dark side." And then who's gonna fight? Who's gonna fight her now? Who's left? Nobody else is force sensitive. Nobody. What about Finn? What about what about Kylo Ren? What if Kylo Ren went good? Then that's really stupid. Then Force Awakens is a real waste of time. Not really, because first of all, let's say you watch the prequels without knowing any information about the original Star Wars. You didn't know who Anakin Skywalker was. You didn't know what his arc was. You didn't know where he was going. 
So if you watch the first movie, you watch this little kid have an adventure, and you're like, oh, that's super cute. You watch the second movie, and he goes through some dark stuff. Then you see the third movie, and he becomes Darth Vader, and you're like, what the heck just happened? The main character of my movie just went evil. Now he's on the dark side. In, the, in, the, in terms of making sense, it does, not just on the rhyming structure of the prequels, but because I feel like with these new movies, I think it's more of a marketing thing than anything else, that they're saying that the Force is not just good and bad. They have dark and light sides, but you're not a bad person for enjoying or diving into one above the other. They're, they're trying to make the definition of good and evil in these movies ambiguous through the Force. And I think that's a good thing. If Ray turned bad and then went back to being good in the third movie, I would be interested in that if they played it off well. If Finn turns out to be Force-sensitive and he turns out to be somebody who can actually wield a lightsaber without having the Force at all. Let's say he beats her because he doesn't have the Force. And he, he succeeds in changing her personality at the end because he's simply a person. A person who was bad and turned good. That that would be interesting. The the point being, overall, the reason we started talking about this is that there are decisions that can be made that can alienate fans, despite the fact that it's a well-made movie. If the second movie comes out and it's really well done and it all makes sense and narratively it's structured really well, but you walk away going, I didn't like what they did with it, then maybe years later, someone will be making a podcast going, I don't get that person. <laughs> Yeah, just I'm real. We're three. Okay, as of right now, we are three weeks away from this juggernaut of a movie coming out, and each week I find myself getting more and more nervous about what is about to happen. Especially after I watch Brick, I'm like, oh my goodness, what is this man gonna do with my Star Wars? <laughs> and we're gonna find out in three weeks. So, I I'm still more. I, I'm excited because I want to see what he can do with it visually, but at the same time, I'm afraid that it's going to be another Empire Strikes Back. I don't want that. I don't. I don't like the fact that Force Awakens is pretty much a New Hope. I don't like that. I, it has great new characters, but it's a New Hope. I get why they did it. It makes sense, and it helped them grab an audience uh, as well as reinvigorate old fans. It was a safe idea. I just wasn't a fan of it. If they continue with that into the sequel. God, it would lose me entirely. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they made the first one a new hope to get old fans and new fans, but then also so they, they could set up the pieces for a better new story here. But if it's the same thing, I am not gonna, I'm not going to like that. <laughs> might get a very that interesting. Would just, that would annoy. Me. Might get a very inter interesting discussion out of you. <laughs> I mean, I I would still watch the movie because I like Ron Johnson, and it probably would still be an entertaining, fun movie. But if it's the same movie, I probably wouldn't get excited to see the next one, and probably wouldn't make an effort to see it right away. Okay, we're gonna hold off last Jedi talk predictions until Force Awakens. I'm putting my foot down. Well, the thing is, we the the we ha kind of have to talk about it a little bit because well, we did. Empire is an amazing sequel. It's one of the most important sequels ever made, and the most important sequel in this franchise. Uh, Last Jedi has some things to live up to, because Attack of Clones didn't live up to any of that. Well, they gave the man a whole trilogy now, separately, separate from the Skywalker saga, or any of those guys. So. 
There must be that's something going think- here. Well, I'm think that's why I'm thinking he's probably whatever the weird, interesting brick stuff that you saw and is kind of shaking or making you curious about what might happen. That's where he's going to do that stuff. I think they got him to do a Breaking Bad job here. They, Disney is a is a director for hire company and a producer run filmmaking system. So Ryan Johnson is there to be the best executor of their ideas as well as elevate their ideas to better positions because he's a good filmmaker. By giving them his own trilogy, they're doing what they were going to do with J.J. Abrams and be like, okay, yeah, have fun. Do your brick Brothers Bloom Looper stuff, but you got to prove to us that you can make our movie first. Well, I suppose we got to talk about this then. Shall we then? Go ahead. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, released June 20th, 1980. Written by Leah Brackett, Lawrence Kasdan, and George Lucas. Directed by Irvin Kirshner, who I did some research. He did Never Say Never Again and RoboCop 2. Never knew that. But now I do. Never Say Never Again is, is a... Bond it's movie. It's a weird movie. Cause it's an, it, well, it's a weird movie because it's an offset of the other Bond movies. It's not in Bond canon, but it uses the original Bond. It's it's very hard to uh, kind of explain because on its own right, it, it's just a remake of another Bond movie. So it <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it, it's not a bad movie. It's just a remake of an older one. This movie stars Harrison Ford, Alec Guinness, Sir Alec Guinness, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Billy D. Williams, now uh, Frank Oz, and James Earl Jones. Opening crawl catches us up on the. Uh, Catches us up after the events of Yavin. Death Star was basically a black eye to the Empire, and Vader is fervently searching for Luke. Start. We see his first shot is a Star Destroyer launching probes into space. One lands on Hoth. Luke tells Han via the radio he'll investigate. The him and his Tauntaun are immediately attacked by Wampa. The Tauntaun is killed and drags Luke away. Han returns to Echo Base. Tells General Riken that there's nothing out there and he has to leave to pay Jabba from his debt. Uh, him and Leia end up arguing slash flirting as he walks away. Han finds out Luke hasn't come back yet. He steals a Tauntaun to go for him, which is one of the best. One of the, one of this is where this is where like Lawrence Kasdan earned the right. To claim ownership of Han Solo. Where basically, Han Solo is like, okay, my friend's out there. We've been doing this for what I think. I think this is three years after. I think this is. I think this takes place three years after um, Yavin, after episode four. At least I think that's the last. Okay. That's the last I heard. And <clears throat> so. Actually, when I think about it, I'm not entirely sure that works. Anyway. Um. So, so he's talking well, I mean, to this- that, that, that. There's a very interesting thing about this this beginning, about how it has has to introduce these characters, how time has passed. The best, uh, they they don't really hold the connection between Luke and Leia, but they do form a connection between Luke and Han, and they really form a connection between Han and Leia. Right. Um. So that way it makes more sense when Luke goes to Dagobah and kind of does his own thing. Um, 
but the best way that elevates time or, or it like elevates the idea that time has passed and they've formed relationships is the banter uh, between Solo and Leia, especially right right at that moment before he leaves to see Luke because he's he's they're arguing, but at the same time, he's making a, a, a decision. He wants right. to leave because he has to. Uh, he doesn't want to leave because he likes her. And now he has to go save his friend because that's what's most important. Right. All of those things come across in that conversation while at the same time saying they've been around each other long enough to to not admit that they like each other. But obviously they really like each other. So so he's arguing with the tech officer in the, uh, the Tauntaun pen. He takes a Tauntaun. Tech officer says, your Tauntaun will freeze before you hit the first marker. And Han Solo says, well, then I'll see you in hell. Yeah. Great. That was awesome. That was an awesome line. That was an awesome line. That's that's a Han Solo line. That is a Han Solo line. Lawrence Kasdan nailed it right there. If that's if he wrote that, he nailed it right well, see, there. See, I would say I would say where like the writing is really elevated in this movie a lot. It, it, and the relationships are formed by those moments. So Kasdan he if this is his movie more than it is Lucas's for the sheer fact that he took Lucas's ideas and made them more fluid on page while Lucas kind of broke his mind making this movie possible in other departments, uh, then kudos to Kasdan. And I get why he is so adamant about wanting things to be the way they are uh, in the new Han Solo movie. Whether he's still the right person to be writing those scripts, I'm not sure, but we'll see. Wipe to the Wampa Cave. Luke wakes up hanging from the ceiling. Somehow, I don't know how that happened so quickly. Oh, it is hot. It is freezing cold, I guess. That makes some kind of sense. He, tries, he uses the Force to uh, pull the lightsaber. Actually, he tries to use the Force. He tries reaching for it first, but he can't reach it. So then he really really focuses in. Then he pull, uses the Force to pull the lightsaber in. Shows his growth in the Force. Uh, he pulls the lightsaber to him. He cuts free. Cuts the cuts off Wampa's arm before he bolts into the blizzard. Of course, he now he's a Jedi. He's a Jedi now. Well, I mean, for cutting off someone's arm. That's good. Uh, that's. I think that's entrance. <laughs> I think that's an entrance exam. That's <laughs> an entrance exam. <laughs> this um, man has gout. He must lose his arm. Pretend <laughs> like he is, and cut it off. <laughs> um. So. Hang on. Let me look here. Oh yeah. So okay. So come back to the hangar. Uh, Luke hasn't been found yet, and uh, Han hasn't come back, so the rebels assume the worst, and they close the base doors for the night, which is a, which causes uh, Chewbacca to cry out, and for Leia to uh, just mope, I guess. Very, very remnant of uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. So we want. So uh, Luke's crawling through all the snow. And uh, he finally collapsed in exhaustion, or he's just freezing to death. Uh, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's ghost calls to Luke, tells him to go to Dagobah and learn from Yoda. As he fades into delusion, uh, Han finds him uh, and shuttles him inside a dead Tauntaun in the morning. Or till morning. Sorry. So, uh, yeah. So Han Solo is a smart person for cutting out the guts of a Tauntaun and hiding him and his friend inside it. To keep warm from a blizzard. How he was not buried six feet underneath all that snow 
is left a mystery. True, yeah. There's a blizzard going on. Where, where'd all that snow go? Yeah. Maybe maybe Hans just had some like futuristic speed and then spent the whole time <laughs> digging until a person came. Maybe he's the chosen one, not Anakin. I think he's just a good digger. Yeah, okay. So Rebel a good Speed shoveler. Maybe he's from Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> so Rebel Speed is fine the two in the morning. They uh cut to look at a back to tank. He's in his underwear. Haha. <laughs> um Afterwards, uh, Han and Leia banter some more and to smite and in order so to smite Han, she kisses Luke full on in the mouth. I wrote in my notes, oh boy, dot, dot, dot. Okay, see that? That is different than the last movie. Yes. The last movie, there is an intent of, like, excitement because they don't know each other and maybe they like each other and maybe something will happen later. In this movie, she is doing it because she likes Han. It, it, that kiss is, is a defiant way of saying that she likes Han. She doesn't like Luke. She likes Han. She wouldn't go out of her way to kiss somebody else to make a point to somebody else unless she really cared about the other person. And thank God. Otherwise, so yes, this would have turned yes, into Game of Thrones really quickly. That's weird and she doesn't know that. But when you look back at that moment, it is the, it is the filmmaker saying she wants Han. She's about Han. This is all she really cares about right. in terms of that romantic element. So it works. Han storms out. So the rebels detect the Imperial probe droid that crash landed earlier. Uh, Han and Chewie go out to destroy it, but it's too late. It already transmitted its signal. Cut to the Imperial fleet. We got the first bit of the Imperial march, which is awesome. Really? That was yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We never got the Imperial march in the last movie. I wasn't paying attention specifically to that one, only because it was used so much in the prequels and it was already there in my head. Oh, well, okay. We've watched these pretty close together. Like the world, yeah, we did. It's not that they're blurring together for me. It's that the world and the music and the vibe and the screen wipes, all of it is like it's just, it's starting to become normal to me in a very good way, especially yeah. now that we're edging edging into the better movies. Yes. So, the go back to the Imperial fleet. They catch the probe droid signal. They get a photo of the, <clears throat> the uh, rebel base. Uh, Vader is confident, much to their chagrin. the 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 admiral doesn't the admiral doesn't believe it. I don't know why he doesn't believe it. Maybe he's an idiot. Uh, so then Vader says, "General Veers, prepare your men." Uh, so war is coming. <clears throat> So Han and Chewie apparently uh, can't fix the Falcon. We get that funny bit of, Oh, turn it off! Turn it off! My favorite funny oh, yeah. moment. That's one of my favorite funny moments in Star War- of all Star Wars is Han and Chewie can't fix the Falcon. And then they're both screaming and yelling like, Oh, turn it off! Turn it off! It's great. I, lo- I love their relationship and I love how fleshed out it kind of gets in the later movie. Yeah. So, let's see here. So, um, Vader choke. So yeah, Vader. Uh, so the so the Imperials um, come out of hyperspace. Actually, I'm really disorganized right now. Luke says goodbye to them. Essentially, he says goodbye for now. And actually, they never see each other again. 
until after until until Return of the Jedi. So that's weird. So when he when when was this moment? It was in the it was in the hangar right before uh, Luke right before uh, the Battle of Hoth. Oh yes, right yes okay because so, he jumps into the ship with the other guy. Yeah. So, cut to the uh, back to the uh, in the uh, superstar destroyer, which actually should have that that. I wonder if that blew my mind when I first saw. It. I was like, "Oh snap! A, a superstar destroyer! Dang, it's bigger than a regular star destroyer." We thought those were powerful. That's awesome. I like that. Mm. You you put over the small you put over you put over the small fry while hiding the big fry, and then you reveal the big fry. And like, oh crap. Star Destroyers ain't that much anymore. <laughs> like, well, that, Star Destroyers are powerful, but that thing, that thing's massive. <laughs> I love stuff yeah. like that. So, uh, yeah, they, they really they make this world a lot more interesting. Yeah. So Vader chokes Ozel for uh, being an idiot. So that's number one in the uh, Vader victim list. Uh, promotes Admiral Piet and greenlights the surface attack. So. Rebels prepare for a set attack. They spot the AT-ATs in the distance, and the Imperials fire first. That is for certain. Yep. The Imperials fire the first shot. That's important, too. They just go right into it. Yep, it's like, yeah. No Shakespearean dialogue. No, I'm kidding. That's, that's totally different. Um, Speeders... It still looks great. Yeah, so this whole battle... Yeah, this whole battle looked really good. Even even today, even unedited, it looked great. Yeah, I was gonna say, how did your VHS look? It looked, it actually looked pretty good. Like, yeah, it did look, it did look, it did look better. You could tell the, you could tell like the budget was upped from the last movie. You could really tell that they put more, they put more uh, money into this and more manpower. Yeah, I remember watching Empire way more than Star Wars as a kid on TV, and the one thing that always stuck to me the most about it was this battle, oh, and how yeah. it looked, and how cool it was. It's just the whole, the whole, um, what's the word for it? Dichotomy between the Rebels and the Empire. Now you know who's clearly the the Rebels got that one victory on uh on Yavin, but the Empire's still the Empire, and that that was blatantly obvious in this movie. Yes, but and I and in Rogue One, you you were talking constantly about how you didn't like how they were portrayed. But this this is this is the thing. Years later, they have leaders now. They have better leaders. They have hope. And even though they kind of suck in this battle, they are still positive, and they're still no. They still put up a fight, and they still put up a chance. It's. I think Rogue One helps to make this matter more. Yes. But, but like what I was saying, what I was saying though, is that I don't like how they were portrayed as like characters, whereas like I feel like they were pushed too much. Like they were trying to make them too morally gray because like they were trying to make them too. I feel like they made them too morally gray. Is what I was trying to say. Well, that's kind of what war is. And yeah, it was a war I, movie. I, I get and you. The there. thing is, that's that's a big part of war. It's a big part of war. Is is Star human Wars. beings that are flawed making morally gray decisions, and they that I think that helps the war themes in that movie um, way more than it kind of hurts 
how they're portrayed in these movies, considering what happens when Luke shows up as a leader. So this battle happens. Uh, the speeders are trying to... So at first... Stupid computer. Stupid... Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm so tongue-twisted now. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. Um... Speeders are trying to shoot the uh, the walk. They try shooting the walkers at first, but then the armor's too thick, so they use tow cables. So Luke won't listen. Yeah. So Luke won't listen to Dak essentially, and that's what gets him killed. Um, so Dak dies before he's re- ready to release his tow cable. I uh, wrote down the rebels aren't putting much putting up much of a f- actually. Now that I think about it, so I wrote down the rebels aren't putting up much of a fight. Uh, they're they're not really they're just shooting at the. At the walkers. And it's not really working. Um, <coughs> well, that, I feel like... I feel like it's... They understand that this is a more so of a stalling technique. So that they can get as many people off of this base as yeah. possible. I don't think they're going to keep this base. Uh, I don't think they think they're going to keep this base. So they're just kind of letting people get out as best as possible. And put up a fight. And that's the best that they can do. Yeah. So uh yeah so the so yeah wedge so then wedge of all people finally takes down uh successfully with the tow cables he successfully uh takes down a ATAT walker so so yeah they're they're all while they're evacuating um so now they're so now they're desperate they got to get out quicker the imperials are coming to they're like they're not really stalling them at all so they're scrambling at this point it's like okay we got to do everything we can. So then they're they're sending two transports at a time, even though they probably can't protect them. Like that, I like the small. I like the things like that that establish stakes. That's basic work, and I like basic. Um, let's see. Yeah. So Luke Luke speeder is finally hit. He crashes, escapes the speeder before it's crushed, confirming that Dak is dead. Dead. You dead. You dead. So. Han figures out that uh, Leia's still on the planet. He goes to grab her uh, as the base is falling apart. So now then the rebels begin retreat. Um, then Luke takes down a walker all on his own. Because he's a Skywalker. Because he's a Skywalker. And he is a video game character. Okay. Um, so well, no, they, they want, this, this is the other thing that makes this movie really fun after the last one. Is The last one as a hero's journey is great. He goes from being a farm boy to a starfighter by the end of the movie in one mission. Right. Um, well, two missions, technically. And in this movie, time has passed, and now he's he's a soldier, he's a warrior, he still makes dumb decisions and has to get saved from time to time. But when it comes down to it, he kind of knows how to handle himself. So... So Han grabs Leia as the base is falling. The rebels start to retreat. Uh, it's a massacre. The uh, walkers are just gunning down people left and right. They finally destroy the uh, the shield generator, and uh, so then Han and Leia, as they're running through the base, the the way to the last uh, transport is uh, blocked, and uh, Leia must now uh, now they has to get now Han has to get Leia out of, on the Falcon. Uh, then Vader walks in to the base. That's where we got Vader to walk into the base. Um, <clears throat> So now we're at the Falcon. They can't get it to launch, but eventually they do. And so Luke walks. Luke apparently watches the Falcon take away or t- take off. Jeez, 
takeoff um, as he's walking all the way to this section of land where the rebels are meeting to get on the transports and leave. How far did he walk? How far did he walk? Well, uh, probably pretty far, but also he was in a rejuvenating tank, so I'm pretty sure his muscles are all good right now. I guess Bacta can heal um, Frostbite, too. Um, Sci-fi movie. Sci-fi movie. Okay, so... So, yeah, I, I wrote down in my notes, Luke walks all the way to his X-Wing after an undisclosed distance in time. Uh, then he sets course for Dagobah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So Vulcan, So now we get the Falcon e- evading the uh, the Imperial fleet. The hyperdrive is broken. Han is panicking. Then he decides... Then we got the infamous... Uh, not the infamous. The famous asteroid field chase. This, looked, this still looked good on VHS. Yeah, it, other movies use this stuff all the time. Yep, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, the most recent uh, example. They used like, yeah. like that exact same thing, kind of. Except there was they, a... They use, it, they, they use it, they just turn the end on its head in a fun yeah. way. And uh, the asteroids were teleporting to other dimensions. Um. So yeah, now then, so then they're flying through the asteroids and it's it goes as well as you could expect um without them dying so so there are regrets all around but it works and then they start then they uh after a thrilling chase they uh hide in a larger asteroid yeah for a while for a while luke arrives on dagobah he uh, says i'm sure it's perfectly safe for droids had to open his mouth. He had to open his mouth. Hmm. Him and his big fat mouth. Um. So he crash lands, of course, into this swamp planet. R two is eaten seconds after landing. Then he is immediately spat out. Yeah, he doesn't taste good. He doesn't taste good. Droid does not taste good. That's a good thing to know. Uh, well, wh- he's been a lot of places. Yes. So Luke actually, in order to get to land, has to jump like neck deep into this water. I would not have done that. This water did not look safe. No, just on an infectious level. Oh, uh, again, that's like that—that's the thing about like an adventure movie. You just kind of have to go with the fact that they have to go in dirty, swampy water from time to time. I'm joking. But as a sci-fi movie, uh. Maybe they have pills for every other environment that gets them through stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they have. Pills. Uh, that that um, uh, that stuff is more adventurous to me. That's like, ooh, our, our villain has to go to a swamp now. He he grew up in a desert. Now he's in a swamp. Let's see how he <laughs> handles this. He grew up in a desert. He spent most of his life on a blizzard planet, and now he's in a swamp. Yeah, it's so, not all desert. So yeah. Luke also regrets his decisions, too. Back on the Superstar Destroyer, uh, Piet, Admiral Piet gets to sneak a peek at Vader beneath the helmet. Which is not consistent with what we saw in Return of the Jedi, but we will get to that next week, won't we? Yes. Um, but yeah, that's, that's filmmaking. So then uh, Piet says, well, it's an asteroid field. We can't seem to 
we can't just possibly go in there. The invader says, and I can quote this because I love this movie. Asteroids do not concern me, Admiral. I want that ship, not excuses. That was my. That was the worst Vader impression of all time. Um, it was a bad James Earl Jones. Yeah, it was indeed. Um, so we're inside the big asteroid now. Uh, the Falcon's under repairs now. Han and Leia just uh, flirt after some earthquakes. Uh, Leia falls into his arms after the uh, the ground shakes, and uh, yeah, that happens. Well, yeah, this is when when you see this kind of pattern in a movie like Jurassic World, it doesn't work. It, it can't work. It's it, it's a little. It hasn't aged. It won't age well. In Star Wars, it works a lot, A, because you like these characters. They're both passionate. You've seen what they've been through. But on top of that, their patter is giving you a definition with every joke, with every line, with every look, just how much time they've spent together, how many ventures they've been on, and and what kind of chemistry they've created since then. That is nowhere in the prequels. That's not there at all. It's It's odd, actually. In the second one, it should be there. In the third one, it should totally be there, but it's not. And in this movie, in the very first 20 minutes, they've already given you a feeling of familiarity and just through two people flirting with each other. So now we're uh, now we're back on Dagobah. Uh, Luke is salvaging stuff from his X-Wing. He establishes camp, starts eating when... Uh, Yoda shows up delirious at first because Yoda puppet. The yes, Yoda puppet, important. Um, so what? Ha- so I like I like the I like to entertain the thought that if they wrote if they rode this route with Yoda where he's like delirious after seeing him in the prequels where he's just like entirely serious like nineteen years of being in the swamp just like made him a madman. That'd be gr- that would have been great. Just to think about that. That only works if you know. That only works if you knew where he came from. Right. The great reason it works this way. God, it's so Yoda is such a great character. He is a great. The character. moment he starts um this kind of serious person, he when the moment he breaks the act, it's historic. It's a great moment in movies. It it it, it defined every single mentor character after it. Mm-hmm. So he wanders around Luke's camp, throwing things, starting to eat stuff. Um, I wrote down my notes. He's gone mad, and that he's testing Luke hard, because this was part of the test. Um, offers a part, and then he offers a pot of stew at his uh, at his place. Very, very Lord of the Rings. Yes. Back to the Falcon. Hobbit house. Back to the Falcon. Uh, 3PO is actually right about something being wrong with the Falcon, specifically. Um, Han doesn't like it. In fact, doesn't give him credit for it. Um, so Han and so Han and Leia flirt more intensely. Uh, they actually kiss, but then 3PO ruins it. Which is probably a more comedic moment than... Oh, turn it off, turn it off. Because of course 3PO would ruin that moment. That is what he's meant to do. It, it, yes. It, 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 I really like their arc. I really like their arc. Um, 
they don't ever get to confirm their feelings until just before he's frozen. It's great. Right. So back in the Imperial fleet, they can't find him. Emperor starts calling, reminding Veda that Skywalker must be found. That he's powerful and that he must be found. Now, in your version, I think it's more evident now that Lucas really didn't exactly know what was what his vision was for most things. Especially with the Emperor. Because I'm telling you, we got two different people in our version. You got you got Ian McDermott's Emperor. I got somebody completely different. I forget who his name is. Do you know it's another actor for sure? Yeah, it's definitely another actor for sure. It's definitely. It's definitely another actor. Well, it was really weird. They do the same thing with Anakin later. They do. They do. <clears throat> George Lucas, he really went to town with those special editions, didn't he? He yes, had no he did. qualms. Yes, he did. Like, no, no this is canon. This is canon. Nothing ambiguous. This is my universe. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, you know, I made these films. I know how they work. Um, I, you know, I think I know what I'm doing here. The Star Trek is my life. Do you? Wars? Hold on a second. Wars? Okay, Star Wars is my life. So, I forgot to mention this in the uh, episode four, in our episode four review. So, apparently, from what I heard, Lucas changed the fact that Han shot first into. Greedo clearly shot first is because he thought that if Han shot first, he'd be irredeemable at that point. If that is true, that is, I guarantee you, a product of other people discussing that topic before he ever got to it. Hmm. Because if he made that decision for the special editions and he said that's the reason he did it, it's because people kept talking about it. And he himself created his own opinion about it, and being the creator, to find his own uh, moment on his own terms. I think that's how he wants to own it, but it's because people were talking about it. So, we go back to Dagobah, I think. Yes, we do. Okay, so, go back to Dagobah. Um, Luke is indifferent to Yoda's soup. He wasn't disgusted, but he didn't actually think... He didn't give off the feeling that it was entirely good yeah he didn't uh, he didn't dive right in yeah afterward but he was he, he was pleasant enough he's impatient about finding yoda only to find out that yoda was with him the whole time as the green troll that was delirious so then da, we da, got da. zen yoda and then this then yoda, yoda this yoda absolutely dissects this kid it was amazing like, how he just saw well, he right through Luke. Is. See, that's the other thing. He knows who's who his dad is. Right. Like right off the bat, that's the that's the best thing when he starts talking to Obi Wan and, and you're like, oh man, he's talking to he's talking to a ghost about my dad. I so happy I got off that farm. <laughs> so then uh, Luke promises not to fail, and he isn't afraid. Yoda basically says, oh, we'll see about that. Um, back in the big asteroid, uh, Leia gets jump-scared by a Minoc. They go to investigate. They don't immediately get their heads 
they don't immediately go like Peter Quill and Guardians of the Galaxy, where they just start getting radiation poisoning or whatever happens in space when you are exposed to it. Um, yeah, I guess they're in a. But they're deep. In, they're deep in that worm. They are. How deep we don't know. Um, a lot more appear when they go shoot when they shoot down the one Minoc chewing on the cables. Uh, a lot more appear. They shoot at them and then the ground shakes. Then Han's like, "Wait a minute." Shoots the ground again, and then the whole thing starts shaking. And then the then I wrote down, they do it again, and the asteroid is pissed. So then they take off to discover that they were in a massive worm the whole time. That's awesome. They That's were in a fun. massive worm. That, is, that is a fun. That is so much fun. It's like, ha ha, they were in a giant worm the whole time. Adventure. Yeah, they were inside of a worm. That's space easy. adventure. Yes. So yeah, back at Dagobah, really it really jumps back and forth at this point. So back at Dagobah, Luke learning Jedi that, gymnastics. That's a, Go I was ahead. gonna say that's the interesting thing about this movie that makes it work. Like because there's no plot, they can just go back and forth with these characters we know, and all this fun stuff of them hanging out with the worm really contrasts all the serious world building Jedi stuff we get that leads to a very dangerous decision by Luke. And that's that's what I really like about it. It doesn't, it makes it such a great sequel. It doesn't need to have a, a such a formulated, uh, a, like formulated story like the first one does. It has the freedom to explore one thing while giving you something fun on the other side. So yeah, back on Dagobah, Luke is learning Jedi gymnastics during a Yoda lecture while he's on his back. It actually reminded me of the photo. Yeah, climbing ropes and everything. <laughs> so it actually reminded me of a photo that was released when uh, Last Jedi was in production of uh, Mark oh, Hamill. Oh, yeah, yeah. When Mark Hamill was on Daisy Ridley's back. <laughs> that yeah, was funny. Having fun. That was funny. Uh, it's funny watching it now, and you just like, you're, you hear Yoda talk, and then if you just kind of like look close enough you just see Mark Hamill running with like a Yoda backpack. It looks like he's running with a Yoda backpack. Yeah. Let's see here. <clears throat> so then talks about the force. Luke asks questions. Uh Yoda gives vague answers ish. Vague ish. Do I remember that right? Kinda gives a vague answer, I think. Or did he? I forget. He, he about to what? Vague answer. So about what? the force. About the force and much more powerful, no, lighter, dark. Mean, he doesn't say it's midichlorians, but he... Well, he God, says, no, of course not! No, he, he... Here's the thing about training someone. You don't give them all the information at once. He's trying to ease this information into Luke and train him a certain way because he's used to training kids into this stuff. Right. Not full-fledged <clears throat> adults who have seen war and, like, know what a lightsaber is and are really excited to be their own fathers, like... He's got emotional conflict to him. He's got to ease this stuff into Luke. So it, I don't think that he's ever lying to Luke at any point so much as he's withholding information that he knows in order to feed it to him on a level he can understand and digest without freaking out about it. Hmm. All right. So class dismissed, finally. Luke then senses something dark. He feels cold, hearkening back to... Uh, Young Anakin in episode one. Uh, Yoda says, "Yoda says, uh, 
Go go check it out, but without your weapons. But Luke takes his weapons. That's that's awesome right there. Luke just takes his weapons. just takes his weapons. Like, I don't trust you, crazy old hermit. What's wrong with you? Crazy. So he goes in this cave. Well, that, that, that's uh, that's like an element of his. That's his arc of the movie. Right. The arc is that every time Yoda bring tells him not to do something, he still does. He still makes his own decision. Right. It it's, it happens with the snow creature. It happens at the beginning of the first movie. He goes out and he has his own adventure and he gets knocked on the head and he gets knocked out. He is ambitious. He he is he he doesn't have any reservation. He doesn't have patience. Most importantly of anything else, he doesn't have patience. And if he just stopped and listened to what Yoda was saying, he actually would understand that Yoda was making a very good point and was trying to teach him something. But he doesn't. And that same decision-making process goes all the way out to why he leaves Dagobah by the end of the second act. And that leads to some really bad, disastrous news for him. Mm. So yeah, he goes in this cave... Sees Vader, they they fight with lightsabers, and uh, then Luke slow mo Zack Snyder style in slow motion yes Zack Snyder style, um right before his time, um maybe it you was his time, maybe it was his time and he's immortal. He was probably like a baby then. Okay, um so they fight Luke in typical Jedi fashion, uh decapitates Vader. I think that was his entry yep. exam. Clean cut. Um, clean cut. Lots of sparks. Um, so helmet. So the helmet. So the so helmet falls to the ground. It rolls. It rolls to like Luke's foot, I think, and then the helmet explodes to reveal that Luke's face was underneath Vader, underneath Vader's helmet the whole time. That is bleak. That is like a. That's an epiphany. That's like whoa. Well, it's. <laughs> it's the, it's a lesson you have to teach anyone who wants to be a Jedi. It seems like a very simple lesson you teach someone as a Jedi, which is that you could become your worst enemy with these powers. But also, it's the foreshadow. It's a really good way to foreshadow something that happens at the end of the movie without necessarily giving it away. Right. Because right. it's it, 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 but all that, and I think that works because. Um, the the twist itself is so rooted in character and so rooted in story at the same time. It works on so many interesting levels that withholding it up to that point is perfect. Right. It's the greatest twist in cinematic history. Yes. So, even though even though it was like, wasn't it? Wasn't that like on spur of the moment notice, or did you did you do you think Lucas had that intention the whole time? I I think that was his intention the whole time for him to be the father. I just didn't know. I don't think he knew that Leia was going to be the sister. Oh, okay, um, that I was but, confused. But at the same time, this is why the sequel is so good. It, there are it, it, we know through decades and decades of loving these movies and studying the way that they were made and finding the notes and studying every interview we know that there were so many different branches of this of these movies and of this story that are different from the actual trunk of what it became 
And yeah, he may not have known every element of it. He may not even known that Vader was going to be his father in the first movie, but it doesn't matter. The way they made him his father in the second movie is super good. It's so good. You could teach classes on how good it is. <laughs> it, it it shocked everyone because it was one of the first to do it, but it also, it really did it well. Because it isn't just an M. Night Shyamalan twist where the whole story is about it. It's just, they saw the opportunity, they grasped a way to present it, and they didn't just put it out there really simply they didn't try to make it a big sort of hammy reveal they wait till the end and then they make not just that information which is kind of a downer in the first place they make everything else around the main character's world deteriorate as well his best friend is frozen uh he loses his hand he's away from his master and he realizes that he made one of the worst decisions of his life like right that that is like such a weighty dark moment for him. And then he finds out the worst information of his life. It's great. This is how it's so great. This movie, I think shows how to break a protagonist in the right way. Break down, like, like break down. Movie, like, yeah. Like that. Yes. Cause it, it not, it's his own decisions that bring him there. Right. He was always going to go down this path. Like he was always going to leave that farm. He was always going to be, in this fight because he's a Skywalker, but he gets to where he is because of his decisions. Right. All right. So we go back to the executor. Wait, do we? Okay. Yes. So go to the executor, uh, class star destroyer or the superstar destroyer. The empire is now hiring bounty hunters to find the Falcon. We then got our introduction to Boba Fett. One of the biggest letdowns in this franchise. Yeah. I don't know why people love them so much. I know. Right. His armor's cool. That's it. Maybe because of the toy. Yeah. So Falcon's being chased by a destroyer now. Hyperdrive still isn't working. Uh, wait, so... wait, 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 wait. Okay, Pause go for ahead. a second. Did okay. he? Did he? Not the recording. Um. Did he? Uh. <laughs> did he have a voice in the VHS tapes? Yes. Okay. I always wondered if he talked. He did. He said. He said a few lines. Okay. Alright. By a much more better voice actor. Um, so yeah, the Falcon's being chased by the Destroyer. Uh, the hyperdrive still is not working. Um, so then Han's idea is, okay, we're gonna fly straight out at this. We're gonna fly straight out this thing. Leia just is like appalled at this at this man. It's like, why am I in love with this idiot? So then they so then they fly at the at the at the command bridge of the Star Destroyer. They fly right over it. And then apparently they disappear. They disappear from the uh, the scopes. Yeah. They disappear from the scopes of the uh, the Star Destroyer. And then, then the they 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 totally disappear. We're not shown where they are yet, um, but they totally disappear. And then Captain Nita uh, says, or gets word that Vader wants to know the progress of. Uh, What's happening with uh, the Falcon? And then he's like, oh, crap. You know what? I'm going to go apologize to this guy. And then he, he pays for it later. Yep. So then we go back. Then we go back to Dagobah. This is my this has to be my favorite scene in the movie. Much similar to uh, Chirrut's uh, death in uh, Rogue One. So Luke is making rocks float. 
Then he gets distracted by the X-Wing sinking. And so he's, then he just totally gives up. It's just like, I, now I'm never getting out of here. And then Yoda's just like, he's just like, okay, move, make it, and then, okay, it's like, make it move. He's like, are you kidding me? It's a freaking starfighter. It's like, and then Yoda's like, who cares? It's, a, it's, it's, it's something you can make move. Move it. He's like, and then Luke treats him like he's trying to make him move a mountain, but Yoda's just like, size matters not. Size matters not. Do you treat me any different because I'm smaller than you? And so Luke says, then Luke says, okay, I'll give it a try. Then Yoda's like, no, do or do not. There is no try. Which is the one of the most famous lines out of this movie. And one of the most influential it ones. Is fa- it is famous, but I, I, maybe because I'm young and stupid, I don't know if I agree with that yet. Oh, I see. It's a lot of things I've tried. <laughs> I guess I didn't do it. That's true. <laughs> but I mean, like, I feel like I did things. I tried them, but I wasn't successful at them. You're overthinking it. Um, like, I, I, I did them, but, I, like, it makes me think of Rocky. Have you ever seen Rocky? Of course. Come on now. Okay, well, I've recently met somebody older than you who hadn't, so. Oh, nice. But... Um, it that is a movie where he doesn't like spoilers for Rocky, but he he doesn't win, but he does succeed. He tries to become champion, but he doesn't get it. But he still succeeds. He he's still he's still the winner in his own right. Okay, so, so that, that's what I always think about when I think of that idea. It's like do or do not. There is no try, and it's like well. I feel like there's like merit in not succeeding in things. And I feel like there's joy that you can get out of not succeeding in things. So although I think there's like in this world, that's very important and in life, that's very important. But I also think, I I think it's a very concrete idea that has cracks. Let's just say Yoda is generation X and Luke is a millennial. We'll believe it at that. Um, (laughs) That's, Every generation, man. Yeah, that's it is greatest every, every generation. generation. Baby boomers. All right, so, so yeah, Yoda tries to get his. Just says, okay, make the, get the X-wing out of the swamp, and says Luke says, okay, I'll try, and Yoda says, do. No, it's like don't try, do or do not. There is no try. So Luke, um, tr- almost Luke tries. He manages to get it like three inches. Higher out of the out of this uh, swamp, but then, then he fails, and then the X-wing sinks completely into the into the swamp. So he's totally defeated. Yoda's lecturing him about the Force, like you could get your strength from the ground, from the grass, from the grass on the ground, the trees, from the branches in the trees, the everywhere. It's all around you. It's inside you. It's inside me. It's probably inside that droid. Um, so then Luke calls him crazy. Then Yoda, and actually Luke calls him crazy, he says, what you ask is impossible. Yoda then just shuts him right up and pulls the X-Wing with the forest out of the swamp. It's like completely schooling this kid into oblivion. Um, so then Luke tells Yoda, I can't believe it. And Yoda says, that is why you fail. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I freaking love movies. I love movies because of that moment. Now, I think that is a great moment, and I don't I never want to take away from that moment. But Go that ahead. moment is something that I find very interesting coming into the next 
movie, which not because it's just a sequel and this is a sequel too, but because Luke Skywalker is training Rey. And it's it's very close to the scenario that's happening here with Yoda and him. And in these moments, I look back and I'm thinking, what is it that Luke took away from it? What What is it that he didn't? What is he going to try and do differently? Why is he sitting there saying the Jedi need to end? Because Yoda taught him through methods he had always had. Yeah. But I just... I, I'm wondering if Luke's going to do something different. Yeah. But as an adult now, I never realized how this 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 scene really that that scene really appealed to me. I'm not gonna lie, that just really got me. No, no, it's still it's still an appealing scene. I'm I'm just wondering what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Uh, coming in the next film, like yeah. Uh, obviously, the point of this movie is that Luke should have listened to Yoda. Mm. But I'm wondering if, if part of the point of the next movie, if I if my assumption is right, and the way they try to view the force is going to be different in these new films how is luke going to do things differently than yoda did yeah there's a lot of things to be curious about with this next movie it's like this is like this has to be more speculated than force awakens this has to be well yeah because i mean no one well i i this i don't know for force awakens nobody knew what to expect and i don't know if they necessarily expected the same thing as the first movie I'm hoping this one's going to be different. There are a lot of similarities already, but I'm hoping it's not going to be the same thing. Yeah. Back in the uh, Superstar Destroyer, Captain Nita gets choked to death. Number two. I wrote down another one bites the dust by Vader. So they cannot find the they can't find the Falcon anymore. So Vader says, "Okay, scour the fleet, search this whole place. I don't care. Find them." So then it turns out the Falcon is hiding on the. On the uh, outside of a garbage chute. Or garbage... Yeah, garbage chute. It's like... Hiding on the back of the main capital... On the main uh, command bridge of of the uh, Star Destroyer. Which is great. It never really is explained how they do that. But it's great anyway. Um... So uh, they decide they're going to visit Lando on uh, Bespin. Lando and uh, Leia confuses Lando for a planet. Uh, Han corrects her, of course. Um, so as soon as the garbage is... So the Imperials assume that the Falcon made a jump to light speed. Um, so they so then now they're scattering, scattering all over the all over the closer regions. Then the garbage is released from the... Um, Star Destroyer, the Falcon floats with it, but then eventually takes off for the for uh, Cloud City. But Boba Fett saw right through their deception, and he went right with them, and he's following right right behind. And, and why is that? I don't know, because Boba Fett's trash. I know. Um, Wait, no, 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 no. Do you really have you not caught that yet, or did you not know that? I don't know which. I don't. Do I, I don't to, follow. Do I get to do I get to tell you a fun Star Wars fact? I don't follow. Okay, so in Attack of the Clones, when Obi Wan is oh, I where get do you it. think Boba learned that shit? I get it. I get it. Poetry rhymes. Poetry rhymes. Um, it's one of the nicest things about Attack of the Clones, actually, because it really does 
Boba learns something that affects the later movie. Oh gosh, I never really, I never realized that. Oh my gosh! Ah, I got. Oh, I that gotcha. blow my oh, that blows my mind. He learned from his yeah. mistakes. That's oh, that is amazing! Wow! Wow! Thank the you, Alex. Thank you. Oh my gosh. That, ooh, man, that's spicy. Wow. All right. <laughs> I didn't, I can't that believe you didn't know so that. That is so zesty. That is zesty. Ooh, man. That's a spicy ball. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what I, that's, I always thought that was really interesting. So, yeah, but if it follows him because they flooded away with the trash and he knows better. So, back on Dagobah, Luke is made, making other things float now. With uh, Yoda on a no wait that was other, that was the other one. Now he's making other things float now while he's doing a handstand. Again, he's even making R two float, much to his dismay. Luke then sees the future with Han and Leia. He feels he must go and help them. Yoda says, "Okay, really think about this. Are you absolutely sure you want to do that? You like you should really stay here." Go to Bespin. Yeah. yeah. So we go to Bespin. No, I, I agree. If we go to Bespin, uh, Falcon lands with no permit. That's illegal. Um, always have a permit, kids. Lando greets uh. them at the at the door. Kind of, kind, kind of, almost doesn't greet them. Then he's ambi- he's ambiguous. He's really unpredictable. Got our first. Why am I downplaying the first introduction of Lando Calrissian? Yeah, why are you? I don't know. Lando Calrissian, everyone. Uh, he's uh, he's a entrepreneur he's a businessman now he was a, he was he's a scoundrel but different from han where han's not a businessman he's not really diplomatic but lando is if you don't think that han would do something like this then you're wrong because han would he wouldn't have ha- after meeting luke and leia but he would have before <laughs> you could say that lando and han are yin and yang in more ways than one <laughs> Okay, brother, that's, wow. Okay, Chris, I'm going to say right now, as a social justice warrior, nah, that's pretty good. <laughs> hey, I'm black and white, I can Donald see it. Glover, I Honestly, regardless of Ron Howard, I'm interested to see what Donald Glover does. Yeah. He's met with Billy D. Williams a few times, from what I'm hearing. About that. Even though Billy D. Williams was really approving of that. Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Put Billy D. Williams in, like, a later scene? Maybe he's going to be in later movies? Maybe that's his hope? He's like, if I work with him, maybe I'll get to be in one of the later sequels. Yeah. You killed my best friend, Kylo. I can't let that happen. Me and me and Matt were on, a, I think, a good train of thought with something. I'll explain it later. With uh, what with, with they could do with later trilogy or something like oh, that. Yeah, well, we, I guess when we get to Force Awakens, sure. Yeah, we'll get to Force Awakens. So, so yeah, they greet him. So, Lando greets him at the door, flirts with Leia. Han doesn't like it. He gives him a short tour, a short tour of Cloud City. They talk. Uh, 3PO then oversteps, gets a little too curious, and then gets uh, blown up somehow. And then, he, but he's hidden, so they don't know what happened to him. So, dig, so back to Dagobah. 
Lucas setting up to go help. Yoda and now Ghost Kenobi try to talk him out of it, but they apparently can't, and they realize that. And Luke is just like, oh, Luke is like, okay, I mean, listen, I, I feel like I could, I feel like I can help them. I, I just need, I just need to make, I just need to go and help them. You know, in he's red, strong about this. In retrospect, that's in, in retrospect, that's really funny because it's almost like Yoda's trying to do it, and he, eventually he's like. Obi-Wan, could you just get out here? And Obi-Wan's like, fine, look, Luke, don't do this. Come on, man, you're making a mistake. I had to come out and, like, the mysticism is gone. I, I can be a ghost now. So please, please, could you just stay here so we can train you? And he's like, no, I'm going to go help my friends. Me. <laughs> <clears throat> but not in a whiny way, in, a, like, a compelling way. Right. In, in, a, in a way that Luke Skywalker would do it. Right. So they realize they can't. Uh, they can't talk him out of it, so they just try to give him as much advice as they can. He's like, listen, don't fall for him. Don't fall for anything he says. Don't, you know, don't be seduced. Just like, like, you know. So... Like, he does, he's not your dad, by the way. He's not your dad. If <laughs> and he it, says that, like, it's bullshit. He's certainly not your mom, and I think a dad could be, like, plausible, but, like, he's not your dad. So, so how do your dad Oh yeah, go ahead. Too hard. If you're gonna finish that joke. Nope, I was just continuing the joke more. Okay. So we then got back and forth between Yoda and uh Obi Wan where it's basically like uh Yoda's like, Oh crap, we're screwed, aren't we? Now he's going off to now he's gonna get killed. And Obi Wan's like, That boy is our last hope and Yoda's like, No, there is another hinting towards that. Um, Leia is the contingency, or the absolute last stand <clears throat> for, um... But if my, if my theory is right, and she is the mother of both Kylo and, um, uh, Rey, then she is the new hope. She is the other. She is the hope. And then with Luke, whatever Luke does with Rey, it makes sense, too. That yeah. scene becomes really, really powerful if Rey is, um... A Skywalker, mm. but a Leia Skywalker. At this point, it could be anybody with me. I really hope she's a Kenobi because I like full circle. That's probably going to be my gimmick. Like Christopher Nolan likes time, I like full circle. That's probably how gonna... is that full circle? But like, okay, so Obi Wan, so Kenobi trains Skywalker. Wouldn't it be nice if Skywalker trained Kenobi, and then it was Skywalker Kenobi, and that's the central fight of the whole Force thing. In this new, weird Star Wars that we've entered into. Yes, but he's always made it clear that this is about the Skywalkers. Okay, then. Like, I'm serious. I, I mean, it could be why, anybody. That's the approach that I'm coming from, but it's, and there's, you're certainly right. It could be anybody. Mine is a theory. That's all it is. Yeah, but mine's a theory, too. I'm, I like the fact that, it, that when it comes to the actual trilogy itself, or the, the saga of Star Wars that they keep making trilogies of, that they are about the Skywalkers. It is a space opera about the Skywalkers. Right. And Le and Leia deserves it. Leia deserves it. Yeah. Now she does. Um, now that she's dead, you didn't think she deserved it when she was alive? I'm not saying that. Well, if she, did, if she didn't deserve it, if she didn't deserve it then, she does now. That's what I'm yes. saying. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. But also, that that's something that they would have put in place a long time ago, and they would have looked at her and been like, "We're gonna, 
make this because how cool would it be if if Ray saw her own father murdered by her brother? That's so cool. I was so firmly in the Kenobi camp, but after seeing the film theory about Ray's parentage, I'm like, okay, it could be anybody. Well, somebody told me that before I watched that too, and that convinced me a little bit more too. But like, that's the one that I'm leaning towards. If it was Obi Wan, then that would be their entrance into other Obi Wan movies. It would be an entrance in, into like who's Obi Wan's or who is her mom. Like that would be interesting and cool. I have no problem with that. But like in terms of, I like the idea that it's a space opera about the Skywalkers, and then there are other films too. There was a layup. There was the one thing I'm clinging on to to disprove that theory was that there was a Leia novel that came out and it takes place six years before the force awakens. And there's no mention of Leia having a daughter at all or having a second kid at all. Did she, but she had Ray or or Ren. Yeah, but she had, she did have Ben Solo. But did Ben Solo always create the Knights of Ren? That was not revealed. They a lot. The canon a, before that happened. It a lot a, in 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 canon in subcanon. Um, it's not everything. Most of the things between six and seven are really ambiguous. Like we really don't know what happened in that time period, and we really don't know what's happening now. So. Is, but are those books canon now? Those, they, those, have those, they come out and like they've cut them all from canon? Yes, the lay novel where it talks about her not having a daughter—that's canon. So, well, here's the thing. Uh, well, if she had been solo in this book, and this book is canon, even with the new movies, right? Uh, wouldn't they still want to erase the fact that they had a daughter so that? she wouldn't be found or even looked for in the first place. That's what I'm thinking. That's but, what I'm on thinking. To, but on top of that, like, so they always, in this book, they haven't revealed whether be, this Ben Solo creates a Knight of Ren because it's no. a new series of books. It's solely, fo- film. It's solely focused on, on Leia and her political, because apparently what happens in the book is Mon Mothma is dying and from Rogue One, Mon Mothma is Chancellor for all those years, oh, and then yeah. now she's dying, yeah. and now someone's got to step up, and so Leia puts in her name in the ballot, but then in, in, uh, a rival of hers reveals that she is the daughter of Darth Vader, and then she confirms that. So now it's public knowledge that she is the daughter of Darth Vader. Okay. I thought it would have been public knowledge anyway, but okay. Yeah, they really don't. And then... Luke. Oh well, no, not not. I mean, for Luke, yes, not for yes. her, yeah. Because only when the movies end, she and him are the only ones that know. Right. Also, another thing. Actually, let's pa- let's pause this review for a second. I wanna I wanna run something by you, real quick. Okay. Let's pause this. Put this review on hold before we continue on. Okay. So. So, Emperor Palpatine, big bad guy, right? He's okay. Yeah. Um. So, he actually, it turns out, he sensed his own demise happening before it actually happened. It's something in canon called a Shatterpoint, 
where like a force user, a powerful force user senses the future. I guess that's what happened here where Luke sensed the shatter point. Where like two futures like merged together and he and the emperor wasn't sure what was going to happen if he was going to win or the rebels were going to win in the battle of endor either way he saw the battle of endor coming and he saw and he feared a situation he was certain that he was going to win but he had a contingency literally it's called the contingency um where basically his idea was the empire cannot survive without him so he made the so his last act his last um his last his last um his last order was operation cinder was to basically which is the importance of jakku with the with the battle of jakku he said okay wherever you're stationed burn it down burn it down to the ground show show the galaxy that you're not um that we're still in control here, even though we're dead right now. We're not as powerful as we used to be, and it's bad and even playing field. So the Battle of Jakku happens, and basically what happens is... Spoiler for Aftermath Empire's End, for all you Star Wars geeks out there. Spoilers for that. So what, hap- no! <laughs> so what happens is this battle plays out, and a man, a man that Palpatine appoints as the uh, contingency sets Jakku to explode, which would take any, and the entire Imperial fleet is basically massed in this one planet. So he would blow up this planet with the, with the majority of the rebel fleet and the entirety of the Imperial fleet. So his plan in summary was if I'm going down, I'm taking everyone with me. The Empire, the Rebellion, everyone's going down with me. And this galaxy's going to burn on its own. What do you think of that? That that was his plan? That was his plan if he died. I, I think that's pretty evil. I think that's pretty... I think that's really evil. I just want to know what you think. I just want to know what you think of that. That's pretty... I, I think that's pretty I think, cool. I think Palpatine was a... He was a control freak... Um, they hint about where he may have come from, but at the same time, just if you focus on what he was able to do with the Republic and how stupid it was, uh, in general, even if it was a really smart Republic and he, it took a lot of thinking to get around the actions that led him to become the emperor in the first place, he, he probably got an even bigger head about being a control freak. So when he did have the Empire and he was getting really sort of paranoid about how he was going to lose it and seeing it in some way and not necessarily seeing the future entirely, yeah, his end result was if, if I can't have it, nobody can. He, he is a dark, dark, selfish, evil wizard. And he is, he, if he can't have the world, the world is going to burn. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I just want. I just want. I just. I just wanted to run that by you, just to let you know. It's like, hey, Palpatine. Palpatine wanted to burn the whole, burn everything down if he died, and that he predicted his own. He saw his own I death. Love, I loved Palpatine. I thought it was a great character. That just makes me like him more. What is? What if? <laughs> what is Gallywag? What? What are little yeah. shenanigans? That that tomfoolery. <laughs> uh. All right. Messing with those Jedi's, getting them all murdered. <laughs> anyway. 
Just wanted to run that by you. Just had to nerd out for a second with you. So, going back to Cloud City um, after uh, Luke takes off from Dagobah. Um, Leia's worried about 3PO. He's been missing for a bit. Then Chewie just brings in his remains from a, and a scrap from a scrap heap. Then Lando comes in. He flirts with Leia more. Lando then escorts them to plot twist Darth Vader because he has to keep uh, his he city secure. Them to dinner. To dinner with Darth, with Darth Vader. Vader. Yes, you know, that's pretty. That's pretty nice. But it. But I like how it makes sense to me when I when I when I saw it. I'm like. Okay, it makes sense that Lando would make a deal with the Empire to keep him out of his operation forever. Because he not only has to account for his business, he's got people who live on that city. He's got to think about their lives, too. Yeah, but that's no promise that the Empire is really going to keep. Right. He's just doing the best they can. But right. that's what happened in World War II as well. Like, a lot of people, they, uh, if you, like, oh man, have you... You haven't seen Inglorious Bastards yet, and I'm probably going to ask you to I watch almost that, did. I almost scene... did. I've, a few times I almost did, and I just couldn't get to it. Oh, dude. The, first, the opening scene highlights this exact discussion right now. Wait, I have uh, seen the opening you... scene. I've seen the opening scene on television, though. Yeah, okay. That's pretty <laughs> much the same thing. It's pretty much... It's not like you miss a lot of, like, swears or anything. It's, it's that same scene. A person selling their soul for their to save their family or their skin or people they love or doing what they think is responsible but having to sell their soul to do it right so uh they resist hans is like okay none of this just starts gunning him down but vader just blocks it with his hand so so yeah lando exchanged their lives for his establishment cut to the x-wing luke's on his way cut back to cloud city and uh chewie's and Chewie's imprisoned with 3PS parts, starts fixing him, puts his head on backwards. So apparently, then, uh, it's revealed that 3PO was shot to pieces by sh stormtroopers. Thanks for the heads up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Notes, please. Okay, here we go. What's up? No, my notes, my notes freaked out. Um, Savita tortures Han for no reason. Lando's regretting this deal. Han says he feels terrible afterwards. He's in the cell with Chewie. Then Leia gets thrown in there too. Comforts Han for a bit. Lando says they're apparently bait for Skywalker and that he's on his way. Han punches Lando. Because you're such a hero. Go to the freezing chamber. Solo will be a lab rat. We then get Luke landing. Um... So Chewie puts up a fight, but then Han Solo calms him down and says, okay, you got to protect the princess. Listen, we're not going to see each other for a while, but you've got to you gotta do, what, do as I say. Protect the princess. That's what you got to do. Okay. <clears throat> so Han and Leia yeah, kiss. You, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. My phone was weird now for a minute, so I had to mute it. Okay. So Han and Leia kiss one last time, confess their love at the very end. Right before he's about to get frozen, as you mentioned. Um, and then Han Solo, carbon frozen. Not killed, as as uh, Harrison Ford would have wanted. But, uh, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. She says, she says, I love you, and he says, I know. Yes. That's, that is awesome. That Yeah, that is awesome. I, what did I say? They, you just, you just kind of skimmed over it. You oh, didn't I'm say sorry. They didn't say anything. 
I'm but sorry. at the same time, that that's a moment I wanted to highlight. Like that, it doesn't matter whether he improvised it or whoever came up with it. I don't care. But like in that moment, that's awesome. That is awesome. Now, um, let's see. So Vader. So then he survives it. Um. So then Vader wants to prep for Skywalker. Luke goes after them, uh, but they know about him. Yell, Leia yells, manages to yell, "It's a trap!" Luke still doesn't listen to him, listen to anybody, because he's deaf. Luke is deaf. Um, Luke ends up at the chamber with Vader. We then got one of the most famous thing, one of the most famous. Uh, this movie's famous for a lot of things. I'm just realizing that. Hmm. You're just realizing that. There's a lot of things it's famous for. I didn't really think about it. Hmm. Yeah. So then we got the most famous, another famous, famous movie series of all time. Then we got another famous moment. You're a, what did he, what exactly did he say? I forget. But uh, you are strong with the Force, young 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 Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. I think that's what he said. If not, kill me. Um. No, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, there's none of this Shakespearean dialogue. Luke steps up. Luke steps up to Vader, ignites his lightsaber. Vader ignites his, and they duel. Great. That's how it should be done. It looks great. Yeah. It's mostly, it, it it's mostly dark lit. It's got some great blues and reds in there, but it's mostly lit by the lightsabers, and it's great. And then the whole. The whole thing where Luke is fighting with two hands on his lightsaber and Vader's fighting with one, clearly indicating that Vader is much stronger with Skywalker and he's just toying with him at this point. Testing him, yeah. Yeah. So Lando's guards turn on the stormtroopers. Um, Chewie chokes Lando because they still don't trust him. I don't know why I feel sour. to the, why, did they, why did they just choke him? I know he just sold his soul to the devil to save his family but for goodness sake he did it to save people you have to see that they don't but here's the thing they don't we know that because we've been around lando enough even with the bad guys to see what kind of real person he is they don't they just see the guy who betrayed him they don't he could have betrayed him for money true so then he tells them there's still a chance they have to get to slave one but they get there too late and the fed escapes with han solo's for a carbonite frozen body Sad. Now, now he's uh, now he's in limbo. Cut back to the duel. Luke is no match for Vader. Um, Vader almost catches him in the carbon free in the carbon chamber, but Luke manages to escape with a great leap. Um, he manages to get the vet better of that, Vader. That's a prequel leap right there. That was a prequel leap right there. Uh, he does do a lot. He does do a bit of flipping around in this in this one. Um, he gets the better Vader as Vader falls back. I guess that's Vader's. I feel I, I like to think that's Vader's arrogance, getting the that made him that made him made a mistake, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So Vader. Very human of him. So very clear. Vader's going easy on him. Vader is now. Uh, Vader then catches him in another place as Luke follows him. Catches him in another place. Then now he's throwing stuff at him with the with the force because it's like a dirty heel. Um, and then Luke almost loses it, loses again as the window behind him is broken and, and, uh, 
A great wind forces him out of the window, and he almost falls out prematurely. So then, uh, yeah, it's pretty thrilling. Yeah, this is this is a this was a thrilling fight. This is how I want my lightsaber duels. If they're to be as dramatic as this one, none of this acrobatic, fancy dancing stuff like they did in the prequels. This is this this is visceral. This has um, context to it. Some yeah. yeah yeah. It's aggressive. Um, they're actually trying. They're out for blood. Um. Let's see. Where am I? Oh yeah. So yeah, Lando uh, tells everyone to evacuate the city before the Empire, before more Infor- Imperial reinforcements arrive. So they run. They uh, so they run for a bit. They uh, they're chased by um, by stormtroopers constantly. Then they make it to the Falcon, and uh, somehow in the middle of this, Lando got a blaster right as they were getting onto the Falcon. I don't, even though he didn't have a blaster as he was running to it. Odd. I noticed stuff like that. Um, then we got that moment, Alex. Then we are, now we are at that moment. Luke searches... One of the greatest moments ever. Yep. Luke searches for Vader some more. Then Vader jumps him because he's like a freaking... I'm not even going to make that joke. Um... They fight some more. Uh, Vader. Sorry, hang on. They fight some more. Vader's clearly overpowering him. Um, Luke is just taking as many. Like, Luke is getting any advantage that he can. He actually manages to cut his cut Vader's shoulder. Then Vader gets really upset and he just really starts going into this kid. And then he cuts off his hand in typical pre Order 66 Jedi fashion. Because dismemberment is everything. So then he tries to seduce him. Says we together we can rule the gal. Together we can rule the galaxy. Um, we can overthrow the emperor, like he's been trying to do since episode three. Um, Luke says no. He's like you can't honestly. Then Vader's like you can't honestly believe everything. Obi Wan tell you he didn't even tell you everything, and Luke's like he told. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. He he told me you killed my father. And then Vader's like, no. I am your father. He didn't say, Luke, I am your father. He said, no. I am your father. And then Luke is just like, no. No, that's not true. That's impossible. And then he's just like, no! <laughs> this was amazing. It's like, what were people thinking in the theater? What were they thinking? What do you I, think? I don't know. So many ranges of emotion. It, it, it boggles my mind even today. What it, what it would have been like to be there and enjoy that moment. What I would have, what I would, what it wouldn't, what I wouldn't have given to be a fly on the wall during that moment. It's just like, wow. Yeah. So, so Vader tries to that's, seduce him again. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, that's one of those moments, if I had a time machine, and could be, see, like, one of the best moments of history. They'd be like, what do you want to see? And I'd be like, I want to see that. When everyone finds out, for the first time, Vader is Luke's father. So Vader's just like, join me, join me, join me, tries to seduce him, and then Luke just, like, gives up. He's just like, screw this life. Falls off, falls off the freaking catwalk. Um, but then he just... 
almost glides into the uh, some kind of port or tubing. Then he uh, ends up hanging from the uh, in an antenna from the bottom of the city. So then he's just like distraught. He's calling for Ben. He's like, Ben, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Then he finally gets enough sense to see to be like, okay, Ben cannot help me. Okay, Leia. Leia. Hear me, Leia. And Leia actually hears him and goes back for him. Lando's is like, okay, you guys are just the craziest people. So Lando finally grabs him off the off the antenna and he le and so then the Falcon leaves. And but now they're being chased by TIE fighters. And then now they're in space and they're about to leave and the hyperdrive surprise still doesn't work. It still doesn't work. And so now yeah, Chewbacca Chewbacca is livid. He is irate. <laughs> it was amazing. Like for the third time, this thing cannot work. It's a hunk of junk. It's a hunk of junk. It's a piece of garbage, one would say. But we'll get to that movie in two weeks. Um. So, apparently the Imperials did it. Um. <clears throat> uh, they fly around. So they they fly about for a bit trying to evade these Tie Fighters. Um, Vader is still calling to Luke. Actually, Luke, Leia kissed Luke again. Uh, so that's how many times is that? Four. That's four times. Um. Not in this movie, but in the last two movies. That's four times now. So Vader's still calling to Luke, and Luke is calling... I mean, he, he lost his hand. He yeah. deserved a kiss. Okay, fine. Um, I think that's the most he's going to get from her, and that's the point. Like, yeah. if he'd have looked at her and been like, I lost my hand, she'd be like, all right. All right. Um, so Vader's still calling to Luke, while Luke is calling to Ben. He's like, Ben, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me any of this? I Like, Luke is completely distraught and Mark Hamill nailed it. Mark Hamill nailed this. Yeah. He's like Luke is completely di- he understands. Luke is completely distraught. He his whole entire world is turned upside down. His best friend's been frozen in carbonite. His father is a is a uh, homicidal maniac. And like and then his mentors lie to him and withhold information that he felt entitled to. So everything, everything's turning on him right now. It's a m- awesome how they did this. Hats off. Yeah, he could very easily turn to the dark side if he wanted to. Right. He had every reason to. He had every reason to. He had every. He has every. He has the. He has the ammunition to do it. So then the. Mm. So then R two fixes the hyperdrive and they finally launch and then Admiral Piet is not strangled to death because Vader knows it was his fault and he could have finished him. He. They, it was Vader's fault. They got away. Yeah. Cut to the Rebel fleet. Uh, Lando in Han's clothes. That's a jerk move. Um, and Chewie leave for Tatooine to get Han back. <laughs> it is. It is a jerk move. You just steal the man's clothes. Your your clothes were nicer. He steals clothes. Maybe maybe Han stole his look from from him. I gotta figure that out. I gotta search. Prequel man. Prequel. We'll see in the prequel. Prequel. Jesus. All right. Um. So yeah, Luke is installing a prosthetic hand. It works. Um, then Leia and him, Leia, R2, and C-3PO stare out 
into this weird galaxy th looking thing or nebula, whatever they were looking at. They were staring out the window, just gazing out into this uncertain future. And then they rolled the credits and the movie was over. And you, and then if you were alive back then, you had to wait three years to wait to see how this all shakes out. That must have been the most miserable wait of all time. But also very exciting. Yes. So that was episode I five. Like I feel like that's how people probably feel about Game of Thrones, some people. Oh, yeah. That's how I feel about Sherlock. That was a great show. That it, That is an awesome show. So that was episode uh, five, Empire Strikes Back, everyone. I gave it an A. Solid A. I also give it an A. I, I would say probably an A+. One of my favorites. One of my favorites easily. Honestly. I think it's an A, but I think a personal favorite A+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Because, like, just everything shook out so well. And everything made sense. Like, every plot point it's makes so much fun, sense. It's also fun. It's also dark. Yes. It's scary. It tells a space opera. It tells a space, especially when you get to, especially when we get to the conclusion, because I think the the third movie is one of the best conclusions to a story around. I mean, minus the teddy bears. I honestly don't think the Ewoks are that bad, but we'll get to that next week. I don't think they're that bad. I just think they don't really mesh well with everything that happens with Luke and the Emperor and Vader. And them, okay, honestly. Them tearing down stormtroopers is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I admit that. I still, in, I st it's my childhood favorite though. Return of the Jedi was my no, childhood guess, yeah. favorite. But this one's perfect. This one's perfect in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, very perfect. Um. So yeah, this was probably the best film of all time. I'm kidding. Uh, it's one of them. Um. Certainly. Like it, it took it. It took a franchise that no one expected to, that nobody, that hardly anybody expected to work, and it turned it upside down, and made it fun and interesting. It was one of the most important, like like you said, one of the most important sequels of all time, and it will, it shall never be forgotten or remade, ever. We'll not, see about that. It better not be remade. I swear, if they do it, if they do it, dude, I swear. <laughs> God. Could you imagine if they actually... Can you imagine? Yes, I've been worrying about it. Really? You've, you're actually legit worried about it? Yeah. Wow. How does that feel? They did it with the first one. What do you mean they did it? Oh, yeah. They, never mind. Oh, I see what you're talking about. I see what you're talking about. I'm, I, 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 I catch your drift. Yeah. I catch your drift. So, yeah, uh, next three weeks is going to be crazy. So, uh, next week we're going to be talking about uh, Episode 6, uh, Return of the Jedi, what was almost Revenge of the Jedi, but that wouldn't have made sense. Um, is that a better title? I don't think it is. I mean, that I think... I think that's a title you could pull off these days, but not then. No. That's the kind of thing that makes the Force vague. Uh, back then, Jedis were a specific way, and it really doesn't work. Okay. So, Return of the Jedi, next week. And then the week after that, 
uh, Star Wars week, uh, Force Awakens. And then Last Jedi Speculation. Um, and then the week after that, full on, the whole episode, Last Jedi Talk. It'll be crazy. Thus ends the experiment. Uh, I'm kidding. I plan on going well after Last Jedi comes out. I, I hope so. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do after Last Jedi, though. Maybe just suggestions. Like audience suggestions. See if anybody's listening. <laughs> I, I have, dude, I would say watch The Hidden Fortress. Hidden Fortress? We could do an absolutely deplorable movie like Catwoman. Or something like that. If you want to, sure. <laughs> I have no problem. I have no problem talking about bad movies and making fun of them. That's that's totally cool. I, the only reason I say the Hidden Fortress because it is, it's it's connected to Star Wars. It, it, a lot of what Star Wars is came from that movie. So, um, yeah. So that's our programming block for the next three weeks. Is Star Wars? Star Wars. Oh, oh man, what? I like. Here's the thing: we're three weeks away from this movie, and I don't know what I'm gonna. I don't like. I'm really curious as to what we're gonna talk about on that rev- on that whole on that review. It's gonna be wild. It's yeah, so it's unpredictable. It's so unpredictable. I'm, I'm very, I, 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 I. Basically, he mentors her for a bit. I have no idea what Poe's doing. Finn's a complete mystery. Yeah, anything could happen. Anything anything can happen. Um, Snoke might turn into Caesar uh, any, at any moment. Um, Snoke <laughs> is Caesar. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, but he took an arrow to the rib. Oh, whatever. Did you even see War for the Planet of the Apes? I did not. Oh. Ignore what I just said. Um, okay. Apparently, Caesar takes an arrow to the roof. All right. So um, <laughs> that's the end of the show, I everyone. Mind. I don't mind. I mean, I know it's the end of the series, and I assumed he died at the end. Yeah. So um, that's the end. Of the, that's the end of the show, everybody. Uh, thank you, Alex, for coming back on again. No worries. I had fun. And uh, so, yeah. Put a cap on that one, and we will see you next week for Return of the Jedi. Uh, praise the Ewoks. Say bye, Alex. Bye, we'll spoil something else next week.